Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, the Green Tea Show with a Japanese Twist. And now your host, Ricardo Caicedo. Hi everyone, welcome to today's show. Our guest today is Alice Silk, and she's the founder of Tea Horse, which is an online tea company in the UK. Hello, Ali. Hi, Ricardo. Thanks for coming to the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks very much for having me. So t- tell us a little about yourself. Ah, so uh, I live in London at the moment. Um, I uh, was born in Britain and grew up in Surrey, which is uh, the countryside sort of south of London, so a uh, small town. Um, yeah, I founded Tea Horse in February 2012, so uh, we've been going sort of 18 months now. Um, yeah. Have you always liked tea? Why did you decide to start a tea company? Yeah, well, I grew up, I mean, obviously, being British, it sort of feels uh, like a given that, that you'd be a tea drinker. But but yeah, I did grow up in a, in a tea drinking family, predominantly of women, um, two sisters and lots and lots of aunts. Um, my mum's Dutch as well, and the, the Dutch are big tea drinkers too. Um, so, you know, it was always in our house, and it was kind of part of my lives. But It, it, I suppose it wasn't until maybe five or you know six years ago, something like that, that I started kind of exploring more. Um, and I've always kind of been inspired by Chinese culture, um, so that so I sort of started looking more into that and learning a bit of the language and 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 discovered loose tea and the you know the amazing variety and all the different flavors and um, you know and uh, and where it comes from and that kind of thing. And suddenly this whole world opened up to me. Um, which I suppose was the inspiration for for starting Tea Horse. Oh, I see. So be- before before that, you just drank the the normal black tea people drink in the UK, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> we're big black tea bag drinkers here in the UK. So I did. Um, I was a bit of a fan of Earl Grey actually, and I just started sort of. Spl- I I like most people I know had a cupboard sort of full of different boxes of tea bags. Um, some of which I loved and some of which I didn't like and I'd have one cup from it and have left it in the box um, and of course once you try you know some good loose tea you suddenly realize that that you don't want to touch one of those tea bags again but <laughs> <laughs> not to be a tea snob obviously uh, about the name of the company why is it called the tea horse because of the tea horse road exactly exactly so well Yeah, so I was thinking about what Tea Horse was. It, it's really difficult to come up with a company name, actually, because, you know, you end up sort of, if you choose something that you don't like, you end up kind of stuck with it. And I think it's really nice to to give it a story as well. Um, you know, the idea of the company for me was to help um, other people discover new tea. So when I first started drinking loose tea, I had no idea you know, what the differences were and what the difference between a Darjeeling and an Assam even were, you know, quite sort of simple things. Like I like I think many people still don't. Um, and, and so I sort of wanted to help people um, sample them all and try small amounts without having spent lots of money and, you know, not have to then have a, have a tea cupboard full of things you didn't like. Um, so, and I sort of thought more about that and how it was kind of, you know, the, our subscription boxes, it was our way of sort of sharing tea with people and, and getting it out there to people. Um, I read lots of books and lots of kind of stories and things about the, you know, the history of tea and trying to figure out um, what would be an interesting name and then found this book on the Tea Horse Road, which is absolutely stunning. 
um, and was just completely inspired by the stories of the tea porters, you know, carrying kind of 60 kilos of tea on their backs and, and walking with these tea mules um, from China to Tibet to trade tea for horses. So I thought it was an absolutely fantastic story, um, you know, of people kind of uh, working really hard to, to get good tea out to people who wanted it. So yeah, it seemed quite appropriate. You have um, the online tea company, but there's no physical store or is it? No, we don't have a physical store. I hope yet, perhaps in the future, but at the moment we're just online. So. And do you distribute your tea through any other store or did you sell direct? Um, we do through um, some other online retailers. Um, there's a website, a lovely website called Not on the High Street, um, which is a big gifts um, oh. site. Um, we're building uh, we're building relationships with um, sort of restaurants and cafes and things at the moment, which is really exciting. Um, we're even uh, going out as far as Mexico, so uh, look out for us there if, if anybody's listening from Mexico. So you you don't only sell tea in the in the United Kingdom, but Anyone can order outside the UK? Oh, absolutely. And that's the beauty of um, having an online business as well. At the moment, um, people can order from anywhere in the world. At the moment, they just need to drop us an email. Um, but we're just working on um, some improvements to the site, which means that it'll all be done and people can just choose what country they're in and, and that's all done for them. So that's exciting too. But we've got um, customers in Australia and Canada and the States and Mexico and um, all over Europe. So it's great. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is. You also offer a, a, a subscription service, right? How, how does that work? Yeah, so actually the subscription service was um, the reason for starting Tea Horse. So I um, I mentioned before that um, I, when I first started drinking loose tea, I had no idea where to start. And, and the only place really was, was quite an expensive shop um, that had such a vast range, it would have taken me hours to figure it all out. Um, so I, I really wanted just to help other people discover. So the subscription was, was well, it kind of is the main part of our business, I suppose. Um, and we spend all of our time tasting lots of teas, which is obviously the highlight. Um, and then choose four of the best each month. Um, and we usually choose four around uh, a, a sort of theme, um, which helps us kind of tie the four together. Um, so last we've done, um, for example, um, one of the boxes was four nations and we selected um, four different teas from, from four different countries. Uh, and then we send 20 grams of each tea, so enough for kind of 10 cups if you just use the leaf, leaves once, um, and some notes and some filters to brew them in. And we send those out to our subscribers once a month. Um, and then they get to sort of taste the four different teas um, see what they're like compared to each other and why a first flush is different to a second flush and um, kind of learn a bit about the tea gardens that they come from. And, you know, hopefully people will find one or two every month that they love and they want to buy more of. And it's kind of helped them sort of build their understanding of, of tea a bit more. So and it's fun. It's really nice to receive a package like that through the post as well. Yeah. So, so the idea is to let people try. Yeah, exactly. And you you mentioned it earlier that British people drink you know a lot of black tea and and tea bags, but sort of there's a growing market of much more adventurous people out there, and they want to try new things, but maybe they don't know how to or where to start. So you know having people choose that for them and then just sending them a small amount is 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 a really good thing. And you know it helps people kind of break habits. If they don't try, they might just stick with the same one all the time, and you know and then you never know what's out there. So uh, besides besides the subscription. Is there any other way that, that you're marketing your teas, like tea tastings and some kind of events? 
Uh, yeah, we've done some tea tasting um, in London. We'd love to sort of develop more events with with people and and get people tasting them. We 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 um I'll go to some markets in London as well, which is great when people come down and they can taste the teas with us and we can chat to them about it. Um, there was a tea and coffee festival. Um, I don't know if you've been to London on South Bank last year, which was fantastic with lots of tea traders and you know lots of people there specifically just to come and um, taste some tea. So that's always a lot of fun. I've been to London, but it was a long time ago. Oh, shame. So you should come I, again. I don't remember <laughs> much. I have to go again. Yes, absolutely. And tell us about the packaging. Uh, it's It looks like it's all um, recyclable, right? Uh, well, the, the boxes and so on that, that we send the subscriptions out in obviously are recyclable. Um, the pouches that we use, it's quite an interesting one with the tea packaging, actually. Because um, so traditionally, I think tea companies use tend to, to have used big tins um, to store the tea in, which is really nice for gifts and things. But, but for sort of regular purchasing, um, you can end up with an awful lot of them. And, um, you know, if you can't reuse them, then they're, they're not ideal. But uh, obviously, uh, you'll know well that it's important to, to keep sort of light and oxygen and moisture away from the tea leaves. Um, so we use these resealable pouches. Um, they're actually foil lined, um, so they have to be separated if you can recycle them, but, but they can be. Um, but they're sort of fantastic um, to keep the tea fresh and, and really useful because they're resealable, which is uh, always something which is a little frustrating. So, um, but, but yeah, we, we make an effort because obviously we send out packaging every month to make sure that it, it's as environmentally friendly as possible. And how, how many grams, like if, if I don't buy the, the subscription, but a, a tea itself, What's the the net weight in each packet? Oh, you can select the weight. We sell them in 25, 50, 75, and 90 gram packs. So, um, you know, if you're not sure and you want to try a small amount, oh, we're just going to start samples soon as well. Um, so you can choose the amount depending on uh, how, how adventurous you're feeling, I suppose. Do you have any, uh, what's the best selling tea? More or less. Well, funnily enough, you won't be supposed to hear that our black teas are, are good sellers. But the the one best-selling tea, um, actually the leader, is our chocolate peppermint blend, um, which is quite exciting to see that people are um, being a bit more adventurous and trying unusual things. Um, and that's a blend of salon tea with uh, cocoa shells and peppermint, which is absolutely fantastic and really delicious and great cold brewed as well, which is nice. Are the teas meant to be drank like the black ones with milk and, and sugar? Um, it really depends on preference. You know, I, I don't drink milk personally, but that's just the way I prefer it. And I guess that there'd be a lot of people that say, oh, you should never put milk in tea. But, you know, I think it's such a personal thing. And one person loves a tea that somebody else can't stand that really the important thing is that you enjoy it the way you like it. Um, I, I wouldn't put milk in, in anything other than a black tea, but um, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's up to you. There's a few black teas that are fantastic with cream, um, some, mm -hmm. some of the key moons, um, that's, so that's really tasty as well. And what, what are your personal favourites? I'm a big oolong fan, actually. Um, I haven't drunk black tea for a little while. There's one or two that I love. <laughs> I love our key moon mao feng. Um, I love that kind of rich cocoa flavors that it's got to it. But yeah, I'm a big oolong drinker, so any oolong that you put in front of me, I'll happily enjoy. <laughs> so you 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 have a lot of um, Chinese teas. Besides. We do have, yeah, we probably do have a lot of Chinese teas. I'm trying to think if we have more Chinese than any other. 
What's important when we're selecting the teas, because we try so many every month, because we're obviously always looking for for, for new ones, um, that we make sure that we've got quite a balanced selection and, and variety, because um, there's always some people that don't like black tea or, or don't like green tea or prefer not to have kind of fruity blends and that kind of thing. Um, so each month we try and select you know, maybe one of each type and from different countries. Hopefully we haven't swung too far the other way. Hopefully, uh, I personally am a big fan of Chinese tea. So maybe if there's more of those, that might be down to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I see that you have have about three Japanese teas. You have Genmaicha, Kukicha and Sencha, right? Yeah, yeah. And you you don't, don't you have matcha? We don't have matcha, actually. Um, And that's purely... Just we've been trying to source one um, that we can send through our subscription Um, because the way it works, the the teas that we have on in our shop um, are available first to our subscribers. So they get sort of an exclusive taste. Um, So, um, yeah, we've been trying to work out how we can best send send matcha out to our subscribers um, because I think it's important that they get to enjoy it as well. Oh, I see. So so the the subscribers are like... like a test group you first you try it out on them and if, if they like it you introduce it to the whole shop um well we we tend to introduce it to the shop um well hopefully they'll like it anyway i was going to say regardless of whether they like it but we tend to have a small <laughs> uh, a small quantity of, of each tea then that we can offer um because hopefully what happens is that someone tries a tea and absolutely loves it and then wants you know wants to buy it regularly which is great which is really you know what the subscription and the sampling is about um so we want to make sure that they can still get some more of it because it would be really frustrating if you tried one that you absolutely loved and then you could never get it again oh, so how many teas more or less are you selling right now uh we've probably got about 30 30 plus 35 something like that yeah and it's yeah. a mix of uh black teas green teas we've got a few few of our own tea horse blends which is a lot of fun um and some white teas and oolongs so yeah mm. good an interesting mix I'm, I'm reading about um, there's a place where, where you say that you have a master tea taster, Tim Clifton. Yes. Can, can you tell us more about him? Yeah. So when I started Tea Horse, um, I thought it was really important, obviously, because I wasn't a tea taster at the time. Um, I thought it was really important to make sure that there was someone in the business who, you know, who was a real tea expert then um, when I wasn't. So um, who could, you know, help source kind of the world's best teas. Because obviously when you when you sell tea or when you sell anything, the product is the most important thing. Um, so you need to make absolutely sure that you get that right first off, um, especially if you're trying to persuade people to change from tea bags to loose tea. You really need to make sure that your tea is as good as it can be. Um, and I met him and we got along fantastically and his, his experience is, um, you know, wow, it's vast. He's been in the tea trade for probably nearly 30 years now um he was the chair of the tea brokers association in london and and was there for the last london tea auction um and he was the director of the uk tea council and he's sort of traveled all over the world and and have been has been tasting teas um professionally for years so you know he brings a fantastic eye and and well taste buds to to when we we try all the teas and you know and then it means that we we've always got some fantastic ones there so um, it's great working with him and, and, you know, learning a lot, learning how to taste teas and, and the slurping and the spitting and kind of watching the spectacle of it is fantastic as well. He's the one that, I don't know, makes the quality control or or he's, or does he have to do with the subscription service? 
Um, yeah, I think quality control. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to describe it. I suppose we we um, get sent lots and lots and lots of samples, as I suppose uh, you know, it's the same with every tea company. And then we decide which ones are good enough, um, and then they go in the boxes, the subscription boxes, um, and then and then they're available to purchase to everyone as well. So. Did you take a tea tea taster course too? I have been on some classes, but I am certainly nowhere of the level that Tim is after so long. So perhaps in another 30 years, um, I'm an <laughs> expert taster. But it, I absolutely love watching it. When I don't know if you've seen photographs or films of, um, you know, the guys in India in the in the big tea companies and tea, tea plantations with kind of two, 200 teas laid out in front of them in the tasting sets. And they just walking down. It's so fast as well. And there's always very sort of delicate and polite spitting, which I haven't quite mastered. I'm not a big fan mm. of that. I prefer to drink it myself. I've never seen that. Tell us more about how the tea tasting works. Oh, it's fantastic. So um, there's a kind of uh, a global standard for tea tasting so that everybody tastes the tea in the same condition, which helps them to realize or kind of understand the quality. So it's not different for you as it as it is to me. Um, so they use a tasting set, which is the bowl um, and the lid um, and the pot which the tea goes in. Um, and they weigh out, I think it's six, six grams of tea, I could be wrong. Um, and they brew, tend to brew for six minutes as well. So it's over-brewed um, compared to how, you know, you and I would just enjoy a cup of tea. Uh, and then pour that out and that uh, pour that out into the bowl so they can look at the color of the liquor um, and, you know, the aroma of the wet leaves as well. Um, but some of the tables of the of the really large tea companies might have a hundred of these tasting sets lined up at once, um, and then and then the taster will take his silver spoon or her silver spoon and um, take a spoonful of the tea and slurp a bit like wine tasting as well, and slurp and kind of swish it around their mouth and then spit it out straight away. So they kind of take the take the tea back on, into the back of their um, mouth, which helps them um, really taste all the flavors. But they'll do that really quickly. So it's taste one, spit, taste one, spit, and move all the way down the table. It's, it's amazing to watch. When you say taste, do you mean they, they don't drink it? They just spit it out? They just spit it out, yeah. Especially, I mean, uh, if you're tasting 300 black teas in a day, <laughs> I don't think you'd be fooled by They're too good at the end. Uh, interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, it is. It's great to see. It's a real, you know, it's a real skill, a real craft being able to being, you know, being a professional tea taster. There aren't, you know, there aren't that many in the world. And um, I think to be able to pick up the, the really small nuances of one tea that, that most of us would think is identical to the next is really impressive. How long would it take for a person to be like, not a really expert in tea tasting, but that he knows what he's doing oh, do you know I don't know because I, I called Tim an expert once and he went oh no no I'm not an expert it's like wow after 30 <laughs> years even you don't think you're an expert it's amazing I, if you could get I mean if you could get a job for one of the big global tea companies and go through their training I don't know maybe they make sure as well that you will have visited you know every continent and every tea growing nation and um, that you understand everything. I don't know. I, it's very hard to say. A good few years, I would think, certainly to get mm -hmm. to the level of, of some people. It sounds like a fun job. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I get to taste a lot of tea, though I don't do it in that way, but my job's pretty fun too. So <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> I see on, on your website that you offer a, I don't know how to say it, QDO glass teapot? Yeah. 
I'm really excited about those. I, I'm glad you noticed that, actually. Yeah, the QDO range, it's, we've just got those in new. Um, they're designed in Denmark. Um, and I, I just, when I first saw them, completely fell in love with that kind of the contemporary twist on a classic glass teapot. I think they're beautiful. Well, what's the the difference between a normal teapot and, and this one? Well, I, I mean... I don't think it's an abnormal teapot. Uh, so this particular one has got a beautiful glass, kind of the, the main part of the teapot, but they have um, plastic clips as the handles and they're bright green and bright red. And um, they just add a really, that, that sort of simple addition of that colored handle just gives it a really lovely kind of stylish twist um, just to a normal plain um, whole glass teapot. So Okay, so, so the idea is like, It's simple to use and, and it looks good. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the, the the removable infuser from that's fantastic as well because you can take that out and then turn the lid upside down and, and sit the infuser on that so it collects all the drips as well, which is a really nice touch. Oh, There's a lot of people in the, the UK that complain that, oh, brewing loose tea, it's too, too complicated, it's too much of a mess. So any little things that we can offer people just to say, hey, it's not that messy if you do it like this is always a good thing. And you also have um, teacups, right? Uh, yes, we have some beautiful teacups made by uh, a British ceramics designer called Alison Appleton. Um, absolutely lovely, lovely work. Um, it's really great to be promoting uh, British designers as well. And um, she, She's got quite an oriental style, quite a Chinese style to her work. But again, she's given um, a bit of a modern twist on uh, some more traditional looking hand-painted with flowers and things, they're gorgeous. Is that design exclusive to, to your company or, or you can buy them somewhere else? Um, you can, you can buy them as well. Uh, well, I wouldn't like to send, <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> send anywhere anyone else, but I suspect if you Google her, you'll find them somewhere else. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> and in fact, soon in Mexico too, if any of your listeners are there, so. When you say, Mexico, are you telling me you're going to have a physical store there? It won't be ours, but we are developing a relationship with someone who is opening a, a tea store in Mexico City. Uh, yeah. So she's importing our teas, and I think she has also Alison Appleton teapots, which are fantastic. Um, so it's really exciting. It's great to be kind of branching out around the world. Yeah, it's good. Mm. When, when you brew, like, the, let's say, the Chinese teas, do you also use, like, traditional Chinese teaware or or not really? I do. Um, one of the things I thought about when starting Tea Horse, I guess there are kind of tea styles um, and a lot in Britain is sort of vintage, you know, like very gel delicate China tea cups and a little bit old fashioned. Um, also, obviously, there's the, the Chinese style of brewing, Um, and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what the kind of style for tea horse would be. Um, and, and one of the things that the tea industry faces in the UK is that young people aren't, aren't, aren't tea drinkers now. So, so their parents sort of grew up drinking black tea bags from the supermarket and so on. But, but younger people aren't really interested in that. And there are other things, whether it's herbal teas or it's, you know, Coca-Cola or soft drinks or whatever it is. Um, Uh, so for me, the important thing of kind of building the, you know, the future of the tea industry, at least in the UK, is to, to attract um, younger consumers. Um, and one of the things um, that they think about is 
Um, you know, does it suit their style? Is it difficult to do? Do they need to learn something about it? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so while, you know, I think, I personally think it's all absolutely fantastic. We've chosen at the moment not to, not to stock that range. Um, but you know, our customers will tell us, um, what they like and, you know, it's important to, to grow a business, um, with your customers. So, so we'll see if, um, you know, we need to need to change that, but but hopefully there'll be a kind of um, a younger end that that will find it all very interesting and and fun. So okay, so so right now the the idea is to have like a modern focus. Exactly, exactly. I think um, yeah, there's lots of people, particularly men, certainly in the UK anyway, that 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 kind of vintage tea style, that very British people would think um, of their sort of their grandmother's style, I suppose. Um, you know, it doesn't appeal to everyone, um, and certainly not to men here. So, so we've tried to give it, yeah, exactly, just like you say, a contemporary edge. Uh, yeah, like so, sometimes when some people think about tea, the first image that comes to mind is I don't know, maybe like some old ladies drinking yeah. their teacups. I don't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, and I thought it was important to try and, and do something different, just just even so that people will notice it's different, whether they like it or not, I guess is up to them. And, uh, you know, only time will tell, but um, so that people will think differently about it. Um, and, you know, and, and give it a go. And then, you know, if they change, if, if the image changes, then, you know, more people will be be attracted to it. So and do you think the, um, the British are, are drinking more, more types of tea? Uh, and not only black, is it increasing? It is. And that's the really exciting thing, actually, for the tea market in, in Britain at the moment. Um, although it's still kind of predominantly built on sales of, of supermarket tea bags, there's a, a huge growing market for green and herbals um, and and more exciting flavors. And people are being much more adventurous um, with their tea drinking. Um, and I'm sure the same as everywhere else around the world, there's, there's you know, a growing appreciation for kind of gourmet food and drink and, and understanding the provenance. And, um, and and gourmet coffee here now is, is you know, an absolutely huge market. And um, there are, you know, there are all the signs that tea is growing the same way, which is really exciting. Um, so I think now's a really good time um, to, to be in the tea market here. But but we've got to make sure that people kind of find it exciting enough um, and uh, want to change their habits because that's what it's really all about. I think is just breaking breaking old habits and showing people that that tea isn't what they think it is. Have you noticed a big change? Well, you just started last year, but was it easy to get customers for you at uh, the beginning? Um, I mean, I think anyone that launches a business probably thinks that it's going to go one way, and it's doesn't go that way um but no we we were really lucky because our launch was fantastic we um we we received a lot of press so we were in lots of magazines and national newspapers and things um which obviously really really helps um so people seem to really love the idea which was great um but i think one thing i've learned certainly over the last year or two is that britain Britain doesn't lead the tea market, so everyone kind of thinks, "Oh, Britain, it's a, you know, it's a nation of tea drinkers. It's all we're all about traditional tea." Um, but actually, I think the market isn't as well developed as certainly in the states, um, and we're learning from the states when it comes to kind of premium and loose teas and and more variety. Um, 
so I see people drinking much more interesting blends, which wasn't, um, you know, a few years ago, a very British thing. So, so for chocolate peppermint to be our bestseller um, was a real surprise, which is great. Um, but yes, green tea, green tea's really gone up as well, which is fantastic. But um, I think I think British tea drinkers have a little way to go before they drop their old habits. <laughs> but most of your customers are in the UK. Uh, yes, they are at the moment. Yeah. So how, how many? I don't know. Like what, what percentage of your customers are are in the US? Um, maybe ten percent. It's a good amount. Yeah, it's a good amount, and they're they're um, subscription customers as well, which is fantastic. It's you know it's really with such a sort of huge tea culture and a growing tea culture in the states, um, and you know and I expect that to happen more and more thanks to Starbucks now. Um, yeah, it's fantastic that they would choose to to sample our teas and and to keep going. So really pleased. And do you have um, any teas in the future that that you would like to include? Are you working on, on some project like that? We are. We're actually working. We just ran a competition um, for three um, three people um, had their blend ideas selected. So actually, I'm drinking a cup, a cup of one of them right now. Um, so we chose three blends um, from all the ideas that were entered, um, and we're making them up. And over the next few months, one of each of them will appear in the, the monthly subscription box, which, which is really exciting. Um, and we'll make... They're having a cocktail recipe made by a mixologist with one of them, which is always fantastic. Um, it's really nice to, to help people find ways to drink tea beyond just a cup of hot tea. So um, that's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I like the cocktails. Mm. Yeah, they're great. It's a really it's a really good excuse to uh, drink tea and drink. have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that, you know, don't, don't, uh, not that I'm a stereotype Brit or anything. <laughs> And you, you only sell loose leaf tea, right? We do. We do. Currently, we do, is what I'll say. I I have been quite averse to uh, even the idea of a tea bag. Um, but we'll see what happens in the future, I suppose. It's difficult. It's difficult to decide that one because obviously there are reasons why, um, you know, companies like us choose to sell just loose tea. And, you know, we believe in the quality and the variety. Um But, you know, we all want to get people drinking more good tea. So there is always the question of whether or not popping it in a, in a good quality tea bag will help. But currently I've put my foot down and it's just loose tea. <laughs> in, in the supermarkets in the UK, can people find loose leaf tea or it's only tea bags? You can. And actually, you can find loose leaf tea of the tea bag tea, if you see what I mean. So broken blends of you know, big name, you know, you could buy loose leaf Tetley tea or PG tips or, or something that we consider quite standard. Um, but the, the growing ranges, the, the supermarkets ranges are growing, which is great, but they tend to be focused on tea bags. So you'll find a few better loose teas, but not many really. Uh, but at least there, there's some. Yeah, it's true. And it, I mean, it's a shame really, because 80% of the, the tea sales in the UK are still through kind of supermarkets and big stores. Um, But, you know, you, perhaps somebody will do a fantastic deal with, with a supermarket, but then, you know, the, the supermarkets don't, won't look after the smaller companies. So hopefully we can all together kind of drive the market um, online and then perhaps some of us will be lucky enough to open stores and, um, and, and you know, we'll fight the supermarkets that way. <laughs> It is the beginning of the end of the tea bag. 
Yes, hopefully. Although I think we'll all do, because we send out uh, tea filters that kind of make your own tea bags. So perhaps, you know, which I think is great. Um, perhaps it'll just be a make yourself tea bag culture, which is much better. When you decided to start it, you did it because you you think that it's going to grow the, the online sales of tea? Yes. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I started it out of the fact that I thought I had a great idea that I thought people would like and a little bit not knowing what would happen at all. So I thought, well, let's just do this and see what happens. And if people love it, that's fantastic. And if they don't, well, you know, at least we all know that, that they don't want that. Um, but yes, I did. I did actually spend a lot of time researching the market and just making sure Um, and you know, I, I am utterly convinced that that it's going to grow. Um, so now is a good time. Um, but of course, there are lots of other um, new tea companies starting up, which is exciting, but but, but makes it more difficult, I guess, for everyone. Um, but <laughs> but the tea the tea industry is an interesting one. I don't know if it's different anywhere anywhere else around the world, but but in the UK, you know, it's still very traditional, and the, and the, the internet you know, as a sort of concept hasn't really made that much of an impact. I mean, I guess we all see that around the world. Um, and the fact that in India, um, uh, the brokers voted to keep their auction um, offline. Um, so there's only one, you know, one online auction and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, there's a bit more work for us to do. But I think that that's what makes it quite an exciting industry as well, is that, you know, the impact of technology is, is sort of still yet to come on a on a wide scale. Okay. Is this the first time that, that you work in the tea industry? It is. Yes, it is. Previously, I've been working in advertising. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, helping other companies create brands and come up with ideas and, and help people to kind of change their customers' minds or... or Um, encourage them to to think differently about something. So I, mean, I think that's why it kind of it really grabbed me because it's such an interesting market and, and a growing market with such an interesting problem here that that people have certain um, you know perceptions of it. That I thought, oh, there's an interesting challenge. You know, what if we can change people's minds about loose tea and what they think about it? And um, so yeah. So with your background, you you made all the advertising and marketing for for Tea Horse. Yes, it's all down to me. <laughs> I'm afraid so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was fun. One thing I really enjoyed actually was working on the design. Um, thankfully, in my career, I'd met a lot of really, really good sort of graphic designers and, and worked with them. Um, so I was lucky to know people who could, um, you know, who I trusted to work on it. Uh, but it's a really fun thing and also really difficult. It's like coming up with a company name when, you know, you, you have an image of how you want your, you know, it's like your baby, how you want it to look and what you want the logo to be like. And then someone presents you some things and it's completely different and you go, oh, I don't know. Uh, but it's really nice when you find something that, that you love and that, that's a really fun aspect of, of working on it for me, the creative side. Oh, well, Ali, I think um, that, that's it for today. It was very nice talking to you and it, it looks really interesting what you're doing and and in the future I'd like to review some of your teas on, on my blog. Absolutely, fantastic. It's been really great talking to you and you know I want to know uh, more about the tea industry in Colombia as well. Perhaps we'll talk again. Yeah, well there's not much tea in Colombia but... Yet. Yeah, yet, <laughs> but it's growing slowly. Fab. Okay, so uh, take care and... And uh, best of luck with, with your business. Thanks, Ricardo. Speak to you again. Okay, Take goodbye. Care. Bye. I hope you guys liked this interview as much as I did. 
don't forget to visit www.thorse.co.uk uh, in case you haven't done so already. It's a, it's a good online store. And also, you can find the show notes on my blog. Just type www.myjapanesegreentea.com slash episode 8. Take care. Thanks for listening to My Japanese Green Tea Podcast at www.myjapanesegreentea.com.